Welcome to the Half Mind Solar Podcast, providing off-grid solutions for an on-grid world. Our goal is to give you ideas and information that you can utilize in your own life to increase your self-sufficiency and independence. Hey everyone and welcome to the Hack My Solar podcast. This is Sean Mills and today we're going to talk about sizing a solar array. So in the last podcast we talked about how do photovoltaic panels work? How do my solar panels work to create electricity? So today we're going to build on that knowledge by talking about how to size an array. So first of all, what is an array? A solar array is just a fancy term for your solar panels, which themselves are just combinations of solar cells uh, combined into a single system. Today we discuss sizing a solar array, and the first step is determining what your needs are. It's always good to eliminate or reduce some parts of your usage prior to uh, determining the size of your solar array. I've said it before, and it will be a recurring theme as we talk about how to do solar, but a pound of prevention is worth a ton of cure okay so anyways I wanted to say um, a couple of things that we did at our off-grid house. Uh, I've mentioned before we got rid of our drip coffee maker, began buying roasted beans and hand grinding them, uh, heating water on a propane stove and using a French press. Uh, The amount of uh, electricity that we need to make our morning coffee is now zero. We switched almost exclusively to LED lighting. We do have a few uh, lights in the house that are still fluorescent and honestly... uh, Uh, They're large enough to where the difference between the fluorescent bulb and the LED replacement, the cost is enough to where we're willing to utilize excess electricity to uh, light the fluorescent bulb until it burns out. And at that point, we'll go and buy the LED bulb replacement. Uh, putting appliances on surge protectors is another great way to uh, turn off what you aren't using uh, so that it doesn't draw power waiting for you to be ready to use it. Uh, doing things like drying our clothes on a clothesline rather than on an electric dryer. Uh, and sometimes we may use an electric dryer, but not at our house. We will drive to the to town and uh, use the dryers at the laundromat there if it's if the weather is not going to be conducive to drying on the line. So if you're currently on grid, uh, you have a very easy meter to determine the amount of usage in your, which is your monthly electric bill. Uh, depending on your climate, you may see higher usage during certain times of year. For example, in Tennessee, uh, we saw summer months where we were cooling with electricity as our major power need. Uh, we did not heat with um, uh, electricity even before we went off grid. We par- primarily used gas. Uh, and, and, you know, that being said, that's one um, pretty hard and fast rule that that we have being off-grid is we don't turn electricity into heat. Uh, so we don't, ha- we don't have any electric furnaces, space heaters, uh, microwaves, which isn't exactly it, but it's close enough. You, you know, a box that draws 1,200 watts when you push a button on it, that's close enough to uh, converting electricity to heat for me. You know, no hot plates. We don't have crock pots, which a lot of people are fine with on solar because the way that they draw electricity, it's kind of low and slow. And I'm not saying that you can't use crock pots. I'm just saying that we don't. Um, 
And we don't use electric water heaters either. So again, the suggestion is reduce your consumption as much as possible. Then review your bill to see how much electricity you're using. So, you know, get conscious about, hey, play the game if you got kids. Hey, let's see how low we can get the uh, electric bill next month. Let's make sure we're turning lights off in rooms that we're not in, turning power strips off on appliances that we aren't using, and just trying not to waste electricity. Uh, You know, it's so easy to just flip that switch right um you know most people that talk about being concerned about growing off the grid they say hey i like the fact that i can just flip a switch and i know that it's always going to be on or the light's always going to come on well i have that too in my house i know i can always flip the switch because i know that i sized my system and planned my usage so that i'm not going to draw my batteries down so much that the inverter turns off so when i flip my switch the light comes on too the only difference is is that when the power lines are out because of bad storms, well, my light switch still works. And of course, it costs me you know, a lot of money to put that system in. And I, I'm definitely not trying to tell anyone that you're going to save money by going off grid in terms of your electric usage. The technology just isn't there yet. For us, um, it actually paid for itself on day one. When we bought our house, which we got for a pretty good price because it wasn't connected to the grid, um, we went to the electrical company and said, hey, we're just curious, you know, how much would this cost? And they said, okay, well, we got two options. You can run your poles above the ground. It's going to cost you $18,000 for that. Plus, you have to cut a 40-foot right-of-way through five other people's properties, so you got to get their permission, and you got to pay the lumber company to cut the right-of-way and, and then maintain that. So that was, you know, that's going to be a lot of money. The other option was we could bury it, okay? Still have to get permission to go through people's property, but once it's buried and covered up and replanted with grass, no one's really going to you know notice it's there versus a 40 foot wide uh, right away cut through the forest uh but that was going to cost forty thousand dollars and we had to provide three quarters of a mile of schedule 40 pipe and dig the ditch and fill it so when we looked at uh the cost of of going off grid the way that we did it we actually achieved cost parity from day one So anyways, enough about me, let's talk about you. You've got your electric bill. You've done everything that you can think of to reduce your power consumption, and so now you've got that first bill. And let's say you take a look at it, and it says 901 quantity at 15 cents each. That's what your bill says. Well, what does that mean? Well, the 901 stands for kilowatt hours, or KWH. Uh, we talked before about kilowatt hours being a method used <coughs> excuse me, to measure energy. And again, that would be a thousand watts for sixty minutes or one hour. Okay, so again, we're we're going to say that um, uh, you've dropped your consumption to four hundred and fifty kilowatt hours, which is half of the average household in America. So the average household in America uses nine hundred one kilowatt hours per month. Now, of course, that is an average. It's going to be higher in certain times of year and lower than others. But for the purposes of our calculation, let's say you were able to drop it to four fifty. First of all, congratulations. <laughs> That's, that's a great job. Uh, so you, if we say there's 30 days in a month, you're averaging 15 kilowatt hours per day. 
Once we have this, this information, we need to look at an insulation map. Not insulation like what's in your walls, but insulation. I-N-S-O-L-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, the NREL, or National Renewable Energy Laboratory, uh, has some really great ones. I use them on a regular basis. This is going to show you the average daily hours of sun you receive in your location. And if you want to tie it to that actual month the bill of the bill that you're getting, you can go and find the map for your area for the month in question that you're talking about. So now that you have that data, uh, you go back to sizing your array. array sorry. So you're going to want to divide your daily use by the number of hours that you get. Um, so where I live in Tennessee, we average four and a half sun hours per day over the course of a year. So I'm going to use that one. Uh, so that means over the course of an, a regular day, an average day, uh, we get the equivalent of four and a half hours of full sun. Now what your panel is rated for, okay, the rating on your panel, let's call it 250 watts, uh, That that's going to be based on full sun, proper tilt, proper azimuth, proper wiring, everything. No losses due to shading, no losses due to soiling, just full sun on the panel. This is what you're going to get. So that's why this four and a half hours of full sun number is useful to us because we can, <coughs> excuse me, Sorry about that. I got something caught in my throat there. Uh, so anyways, we can use that number to continue to design the system. So using the number of 15 kilowatt hours per day and four and a half average hours of sun per day, the total array size that we need is 3,333.33 with a three repeating watts. Okay. So we just took 14 or 15 kilowatt hours and divided that by 4.5 or at, that's because that's the average hours that we have you'll notice I went ahead and made the conversion from kilowatt hours to watts so 15 kilowatt hours is 15,000 uh, watt hours when we divide by four and a half hours the hour number cancels out I convert it to watts and we get 3,333.33 watts so now you can take a look at how many panels do we need uh, in the array now, if we say we want to replace 50% of our needs, okay, um, then then we would need half of that 33, 33, and a third number. Or you may say, hey, we want to replace all of it. But that's the number that you start with. So let's take the ladder and assume we're going to get a great deal on 10 or more 310-watt panels, uh, which you typically would. Uh, if we divide the wattage of the panels into the watts needed, we get, you know, 3,333.33 divided by 310, which gives us 10.75 panels, okay? My suggestion is to increase this number by 25% to account for losses at different points in the system, which we can go into more detail later. And I also want to point out, before I say this, we're talking about replacing, sizing the array to replace a, a certain amount of energy uh, use. Um, we're going to have to talk later about 
oversizing it again to ensure that we're topping our batteries off. That's a different conversation. And I don't want to confuse anyone by saying, hey, if you need 3,333 watts and you put 3,333 watts worth of panels in, you're going to never have to pay an electric bill again. That's not the case. Um, I just don't want to get too deep into that right now. I want to focus on sizing the array right now. When we get to talking about batteries, we can revisit oversizing the array to ensure that the batteries are charged properly. At the same time we do that, we'll need to look into planning our energy usage to take uh, advantage of excess production in the middle of the day. Okay, So instead of getting up and turning your dishwasher on in the middle or in, first thing in the morning or right after dinner before you go to bed, maybe give them a nice little rinse, put them in the dishwasher, load it up, get, put your soap in there, and at 10.30 the next morning when there's not a lot of loads in the house but there's a dishwasher full of dishes, then we hit go, okay? Uh, so just something to think about there. Um, but in, in, in any case, we do want to increase that number by 25% to account for, for uh, efficiency losses. So that gives us 13.44 panels, which we will then round up to 14. So if you follow it along, you know exactly what your usage is, how much you want to replace with solar, and how many panels you need at a specified wattage to meet your needs. All of this information is on the website at hackmysolar.com. I'm going to I'm going to uh, uh, stop it for there today. I don't want to you know this is a lot of mathematical information to put out at one time, and, and I don't want to overwhelm uh, the audience. And and I want to make sure that we're using these building blocks as just that building blocks. Let's get a handle on you know sizing the array, and then we'll go on to talk about the next subject, which is going to be charge controllers. So the plan is the next podcast we talk about charge controllers. Once we know how the panel works and how to determine how many panels we want now let's talk about how we get that electricity into the batteries and how we store them then we can talk about batteries and so on and so forth so again hey this is sean from hackmysolar.com thanks for joining me today look forward to talking to you next time